You are Locked On Cavaliers, your daily Cleveland Cavaliers podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Cleveland Cavaliers select Darius Garland from Vanderbilt University. Hey, I'm Chris Manning here from Lockdown Cavs. Evan Damrell is with me as always, my co-pilot here on the pod. Evan, what's up, buddy? Oh, not a whole lot. It's uh, the end times in Cleveland right now, according to the weather at least. Uh, lost power for a second, but I think we're hanging in there. How are you? Doing good, but we have a special guest. We're doing a little Lockdown Cavs, Lockdown Hawks. I don't think we've come up with a good name for like the teams that aren't going to Orlando quite Delete yet. But aid. Yeah, well, you know, we'll come up with something better, more catchy. But joining us is one of the hosts of a Lockdown podcast covering a team also not going there. That's Brad Roland, the great host of Lockdown Hawks. Brad, what's up, buddy? How are you doing? Oh, uh, you know, I'm hanging in there. We're we're, do- we're all doing the same thing right now. And I actually like the Delete 8. I, I know it's not like an original that we came up with. I think it was John Hollinger or someone like that. But I like that. We, we could come up with a new one. I, I guess we probably should try. But uh, I'm with that for, for right now. I say we, uh, I think the the missed opportunity in all this, um, and Brad and I are in a thread with Seth Pollock, who's our, our boss over in the SB Nation family, and I might, he's, they're doing like a preview for the teams that get to have basketball, in, in theory at least, and uh, they're like wondering how we could do some stuff for the teams, you know, not in there, the, the quote unquote delete eight. Um, I'm, pro, I'm pro like now let's go to like a weird city like Seattle, Vancouver, just somewhere that used to have an NBA team, and then the winner of that tournament gets the number one pick. See, give me something weird. I just need like mm-hmm. something weird to consume my life. But the problem is, it would result in like the Warriors getting the number one pick, and no one really wants that in their life, even in a bad draft year. I was gonna say, and the the, pro- the problem with that, um, not to cut you off, the problem with that, I always want to point this out: players don't care about the number one pick, and they're not gonna try. Facts. Yeah. Um, so that's a very popular idea that everyone always wants to talk about. Um, and number one, if they did try, the Warriors would win. And number two. They don't care usually. Like some players would if they were like entrenched. For instance, like on the on the Hawks, someone like Trey Young may actually care about the number one pick because he's going to get to play with that guy. But the supporting pieces don't want to have the number one pick in a lot of ways because then they 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 get, they get replaced and they're not a priority anymore. So like players, I know it sounds fun for fans and it would be fun to sweat it out, but I think people have to remember that players players usually don't actually want to play for the number one pick. I wouldn't imagine. No, I, I, I really wouldn't. I don't think they do want to play for the number one pick, especially if you look at the Cavs. You have a lot of apathetic players on this roster, begin with Kevin Love and Andre Drummond. They definitely <laughs> okay, don't care okay. about playing okay, for the number one the pick. Okay, here's the thing, Evan. I would, pay a, I would love to watch Andre Drummond be like, hey, dude, you have to play, and we need you to play so you can like wait get the Chris, number one pick. And then he's like, okay, I'm going to take threes from midcourt. I, I Chris, need that. This is a great opportunity for Andre to freelance for a couple. I mean, Charlotte could be an option for Andre's talents. Uh, New York, maybe. Golden oh, State. Leak, leak that you want to pay Andre Drummond like $200 million or something. Okay, I- I'm going to ask this question. Do, do you guys think he's going to opt out? No. No, he's we, opting we, in. That's why yeah, we, I just want to make we're sure. We're almost 100% certain he's going to take that money because from 
what I've heard from sources close to the situation, he kind of knows he's not getting offered $28 million on the open market right now. The uh, the Hawks trading for Capella really, uh, really hurt Andre uh, in terms of having a team to uh, agent and use. Um, the Hawks were like the, the very, very natural team to at least act like might have interest in Drummond. I'm not sure if they actually did. But uh, now that they're, that team doesn't exist, uh, plus everything else that happened, I am going to lose a bet to a good friend of the program of mine, Zach Hood, who helps me run Peachtree Hoops. We, we made, a, we made a, a drumming bet before he got traded to Cleveland, mm-hmm. uh, and I, I, I argued that he was going to opt out, and I'm, I'm going to lose that one. Cause, and, and I knew it right away. As soon as he went to Cleveland, I was like, well, I'm in trouble. <laughs> uh, you mean Trey Young's good friend, Andre Drummond, was like not like that? That was just some leakage? That uh, <laughs> was out. That was certainly out there. For a minute, and honestly, <laughs> I it would not have surprised me if they traded for him because they wanted to send it really bad. But Capella worked out better, I think. Yeah, yeah I, I, I guess the Cavs did too because it's not like they had a multitude of bigs on their roster before Andre got here, <laughs> and it's not like they're going to after the draft either. So yeah. it, it's cool. It's whatever. Yes, Brad. Before we get into like talking about what's going on, I just feel like I have to ask you, as like someone I know um, that that likes Mich- the Michigan Wolverines, just do you have like a reflection on the John Beeline Cavs era? Like as someone that didn't witness that implosion up close, but do you have just a take on it from afar? Um, I'm not surprised it didn't go well. Um, I was actually a little bit hopeful that it might work, but generally college coaches are bad ideas. Um, I, I always feel that way. You know, Beeline, Beeline's system at the college level felt really modern, and I think he does understand math in a way that college coaches don't a lot. But I am not surprised that a very old uh, old school coach, we should say, uh, did not work at the NBA, especially when you're taking over a team like the Cavs with kind of mismatched parts. Um, taking over rebuild in general as a college coach um, is bad because you're not going to have the usually I don't know it was a bad situation I would imagine for both sides mm-hmm. and uh, I think it I, I thought it might work but that maybe that was being being me being optimistic and uh, knowing how good he was at the college level but I am thoroughly not surprised that it didn't work at the end of the day yeah that's about right okay so let's talk about where our teams are at these are the quote unquote delete eight the teams not involved. Um, in the NBA in Orlando, Travis Schlenkbrad has been a guy very out there talking about this, um, very open about his desire to see Atlanta back. And then also just I know you, you were on the call where he was talking about how he wants uh, some clarity basically on what the next steps are for these teams, the Cavs among them. J.B. Bickerstaff has kind of alluded to some of the same stuff. But I, I think for me, I'll just say I think it makes sense they're not in Orlando for health reasons basically. But what do you, what do you just make of where – these eight teams are at. These are obviously not good teams. Uh, the Warriors obviously kind of the, the weird one there because they just had a weird year and everything. But what do you just make of where Atlanta's at and where these eight teams overall as a group are kind of at amid what's going on right now? It's obviously really tricky. You know, you mentioned Schlenk's been talking. Even before the the decision was final to go to 22 teams, the Hawks were pretty vocal between Schlenk on the record a few times, Pierce on the record a few times, uh, and even a, a report anyway, it was not on the record, but uh, from Woj about the owner, Tony Ressler, being candid about wanting the Hawks to play. And I can see why. I mean, I, I think of all the teams that are not in the bubble, it's probably the easiest to make a case as the Hawks to, to want to play because they are so reliant and they have – they're sort of in the middle of this rebuild and they have a bunch of young guys that they like and they wanted to see those guys play. 
And I totally get that. I think it's a little bit overstated, frankly. And I said that on my show before. Like, I think the value of playing, you know, five to eight regular regular season games for the Hawks was not going to be all that important, frankly. But that extra practice time is huge for a team that's trying to get um, development going on and uh, sort of just have their young guys play together or maybe even integrate Click click Capella in the mix. So I, I get it why they wanted to play. For me, I'm just... My on-the-record thoughts on this is basically I, I hope they can do something together as a team during this period, but I don't think they – I have no problem with them not going to Orlando. I think, if anything, they took too many teams to Orlando. I think 22 doesn't yeah. make a lot of sense to me. Um, it never kind of did. So I'm not offended. I think they're not offended deep down. I mean, I'm sure players wanted to play. You know, Trey Young said that today as we record this, that he wanted to play and was kind of upset by it. But even then, he said he understands because – you know, regular season games would have made some money for everybody, and that's the point of all this, frankly. It's not because of safety, but it does make no sense. You can't argue, no one can argue that having 30 teams is safer than 22 teams or 20 teams. So throw that argument out there, and it gets shot down in a hurry, and there's just no argument to send them there, in my opinion, other than just pure money grab, and they did, they did enough of that already. So I don't know. It's going to be weird, and um, I do agree with Travis and Lloyd and everyone that said this already, that the biggest thing now is to just have them know what's going to happen. And that's the... It's hard, because no one knows what's going to happen this whole time. There's so much uncertainty, but uh, they're trying to plan their offseason and doing like exit interviews this week and not knowing when they're going to be able to meet, and that's, that's tough. Let me tell you about one of the ultimate life hacks. It's hard to find the time to sit down and read and learn more. When you don't have free time, you can't read or work or on personal development. There's an incredible app that solves this problem, and I highly recommend it. It's called Blinkist. Blinkist is really unique, and it works on your phone, your tablet, or your web browser. Blinkist takes the best key takeaways, the need-to-know information, from thousands of nonfiction books and condenses them down into just 15 minutes that you can read or listen to. Successful people, like business leaders, are well known for reading a lot of books. Blinkist is made for busy people like you who want to get the main points of a book quickly so you can start using that information right away. And with its audio feature, Blinkist makes it easy to finish a book during your commute, on your lunch break, or while you exercise. 12 million people are using Blinkist right now and it has a massive and growing library. From self-help, business, health, to history books, Blinkist has the latest titles from bestsellers lists as well as the classic nonfiction titles you've always meant to read but never had the time to. I like Blinkist because it gives me the main points of a book which help me evaluate which books I want to make time to read in full later. With Blinkist, you get unlimited access to read or listen to a massive library of condensed nonfiction books, all the books you want and all for one low price. Right now, for a limited time, Blinkist has a special offer just for our audience. Go to Blinkist.com NBA and try it free for seven days and save 25% off your new subscription. That's Blinkist, spelled B-L-I-N-K-I-S-T. Blinkist.com NBA to start your free seven-day trial. And you'll also save 25% off, but only when you sign up at Blinkist.com NBA. Today's podcast is brought to you by Built Bar. Built Bar is a protein bar that tastes like a candy bar. They come in 16 amazing flavors that include peanut butter brownie, banana nut bread, and mint brownie, and my personal favorite right now, cookie dough. They have There are eight flavors that are chocolate and nut, eight chocolate nut-free flavors. They're covered in 100% chocolate, and they're soft and easy to chew. These are great for the health-conscious guy out there. It helps you lose or maintain weight while indulging in a delicious treat. They're low-calorie, low-sugar, high-protein, high-fiber, 
And they're just, again, that really great go-to protein snack for me during the day when I'm trying to eat every couple hours, get my macros, get that amount of protein I need every day to, to get in better shape and, and avoid that quarantine 15. Built Bar is a good option. Again, you can get the peanut butter brownie, the one I ate today, 20 grams of protein and only 170 calories with just three grams of sugar. Can't beat that. And right now, go to BuiltBar.com with promo code locked on and you'll get $10 off your first order. Promo code locked on for $10 off at BuiltBar.com. Trust me, you're not going to want to stop. Evan, what do you think? Um, For Atlanta or for Cleveland? Well, I guess in general. I mean, you and I have talked about the Cleveland part a lot. I think the viewpoint of this franchise is the same. I'm looking at the list of teams, and it's like the Warriors, I think there's no benefit. The Hornets, I don't really – I can't say have like a good read on the Hornets in 2020. I, I know Devontae Graham's like really good. I think the Warriors are kind of it's – the, it's the Warriors and everybody else. Honestly, yes. of the of these yes. eight teams, and I think everybody knows that to the point where the Warriors are kind of candid on the record about like not caring if anything happens. Like I think Steve Kerr said that earlier this week. Like we don't want to play games um, and have to travel across the country and all that stuff. I don't really blame them either. Like they're in a situation that's just not like any of the other teams basketball wise. They have, you know, maybe not a full blown contending core when they're healthy, but certainly they're going to be a good basketball team next year mm-hmm. if they're healthy. Whereas no one else. That's not going to the bubble can make that claim with 100% certainty. Um, so it's tough. Yeah, and I'll, yeah. I'll just say this. You look at the other teams in this on this list. So, okay, the, the, the Cavs are really bad. I know they wanted to play, but, like, next year is, like, just trying to not be as crappy as they were this year. The Hawks, you kind of outlined them. The Pistons, um, they're kind of in the middle. I would say the beginning of really kind of diving all the way down to the bottom and just kind of seeing where they go from there. You have the Knicks. The Knicks are perpetually the Knicks. You have the Bulls, who probably are going to have a new head coach, you would think, and are certainly prob- probably um, just are probably thinking more about their roster or more than actual games. Then again, I don't have it written in the Hornets. Then you have the Timberwolves, who, like, again, Carl Anthony Towns' mom died from coronavirus. Like, <laughs> there's no way. Uh, it would have been a very weird thing to see him be asked to play after that, I think. Um, I don't. I know he hasn't really spoken a ton since, and understandably, but. You know, like that. There's not a lot there, and I, I'm with you. I think 20 teams was like the right kind of number, and then you just, you know, Wizards. Like, sorry, you're not that good. You know, like the, the Wizards I, and the I, Suns I, don't make any sense. Honestly, yeah, they, they just don't. Not at all. I don't care. Like, I don't care. Like, I love Bradley Beal. I think Devin Booker's fun. Um, I don't care about seeing them a ton when there's a pandemic going on. Frankly, um, I, I. But I think the. I think if these teams don't get mini camps, and Evan, I'm curious what you think here. I have. I think the, the minicamp idea, if health permits you to do it, is just a very, very logical way to kind of let these teams do something that they, they frankly probably... That's the that's the thing I'm most sympathetic to, is them getting to have minicamps in the offseason. I don't really care about them getting to go to Orlando or not. Yeah, I, I think it's... Yeah, I agree with both of you that I think it's dumb that the NBA brought all of these teams down to Orlando just for them, the majority of them, at least for the people that... Or at least teams that are lottery teams technically as well just to have the luxury of playing a handful of games and then just going home for the year like it just kind of feels like a lot of legwork especially from a safety standpoint but no mini camps definitely feel beneficial when you look at it there are some regional matchups that make sense obviously cleveland to detroit atlanta and charlotte uh i guess chicago and new york or no chicago and minnesota and then new york and golden state are kind of the odd ones out there but maybe these other teams that get eliminated you kind of figure that out as you go but um yeah, no, I just think a mini camp situation would definitely be beneficial. It's just my question is when is it going to happen? Because 
at least for a team like the Cavs, and Chris, you and I have talked about this ad nauseum at this point, they're this stoppage in play could not have come at a worse time for them because J.B. Bakerstaff was just finally starting to look like get comfortable with 11 games under his belt as head coach of the Cavs, and this is a really young and impressionable roster that's trying to grow and develop underneath two coaches in the same year. Um, that's, you know, not really a recipe for success to begin with, but to have this stoppage in play for the longer you drag this out, this is just going to hamstring the Cavs' overall development to hopefully becoming at least a playoff team, at least they think they are next year, so... I don't know. It's just um, it's the East, man. It's a, Anything's possible yeah. in the East. Hey, that, JV... that's a great tagline. Like, I'm, let's not longer call it the the worst conference or the JV conference, as Zach Lowe likes. So let's just call it anything as possible. Let's like be, do some positive, positive branding. Where you two we can make the playoffs. <laughs> there you go. I mean, I uh, I think the Hawks are obviously a little bit further ahead than the Cavs right now. Not that the Hawks are good this year, and because they, they absolutely weren't. But there were some. See, they're only a game up on the Cavs right now. Don't beat up bully them up that. I'm bad. just saying. I think if we're being objective and laid out and sort of laid out the organizational paths for the two teams, the Hawks are a little bit further ahead. Is that am I controversial on that one? No, I no I'm just no, giving you. No, I'm no, just no. giving Trey, you a hard time. Yeah, no. And in terms of like the young guys, it's like Trey is just a different caliber. It, yeah, guy it's than really it's really Trey side. versus everybody else, and I, and I think John Collins is really good too. Um, and you know the Hawks, the the guy the Hawks traded for that was their veteran acquisition in Clint Capella is actually signed long term in a way that Andre Drummond is not. Um, there's all kinds of things, but it's just it's just really weird to me. As far as the minicamp idea, I'm I'm with you 100. I think honestly, if it was me, minicamp is the most important thing along the way here. Like I think the value of them playing quote unquote games, even if it's like against a regional person or a regional team or whatever, is going to be overstated for every reason other than maybe there's some appeal of like putting that on TV so your fans have, your fans have some way to watch the team. But other than that, mm-hmm. I think the basketball implications of that are like not really important. The mini camp is where the basketball work gets done. Yeah, yeah. I think that's right. And I think the other part of this too is just look like there's like the health concern of this is just not really going to go away. This could rapidly change. I mean, before we started recording, Evan told me about the whole thing about the, the players are like baffled. Some players are apparently baffled that they couldn't leave the bubble in Orlando. Yeah. Like, it's, like, it's, like um, what are we like? I, Evan, I'm just going to say this bluntly. So if you guys don't have to, um, so if you want to get mad about me saying this at me, but like, if you, if you're a player and you thought you'd be able to leave the bubble in Orlando amid a pandemic and then come back and have like just the ability to play again or whatever, you're fucking stupid. That's stupid. Like it's a pandemic. <laughs> like if you're leaving and you're going to go, if pull like go wherever, that's just silly. That's just outright a, a silly notion. And, but it seems like, like these things are just going to keep rapidly kind of changing. I mean, it's June 10th. Basketball's not supposed to return until July 31st. Right, like we're not, we're a ways away from sort of this actually resolving itself, and I, I feel like there's going to be a lot of little wrinkles. But I think the only universal point right now is like Steve Kerr said it, the Hawks have said it, the Cavs said it, now James Brago um, from the Hornets head coach said it as well. It's like everyone at least wants some form of mini camp, some form of offseason work, and I, I do think that's like the only fair thing that I can understand. And I think, I think especially for teams that will have continuity. So Atlanta will obviously have Lloyd Pierce and the core, their kind of main core, you would say, aside for their draft pick coming back. The Cavs kind of the same thing, you would think. that I think that's the kind of thing that could actually really help those teams and kind of at least in some ways make up for some of the things that they lost by not getting having the season finished due to coronavirus. I, I yeah. Think, I, go, go ahead. No, no, go ahead. Go ahead. No, I was going to say, I think – there are some real questions about mini camps. Like I know Travis Schlenk brought this up on uh, in the X interview that he did. 
about like about pending free agents and whether those guys are supposed to come to this or not. And you know, yeah, I think they probably shouldn't just in general. Um, but the guys who are under contract for all these teams, I think you know it's it's fairly logical, especially once you have clearance and like a protocol to do so. To just even if it's only you know eight eight or ten guys versus the whole roster of fifteen to seventeen guys, if it's seven, eight, nine guys that you have under contract. There's value on those guys coming together and getting instruction and playing basketball. It doesn't have to be broadcast if it doesn't work out that way, but I I know, I'm very confident that the Hawks would value that time. And the only way you're going to be able to do that in mandatory is is in mandatory in mandatory fashion because, you know, otherwise if it's voluntary, guys are going to show up for sure, but it won't be the same. It's just not the same thing and, you know, there's OTA stuff in the NFL. But I think the one thing that if, if you want to make it uniform and they're going to have to make it uniform because they're going to try to negotiate this with the Players Association is maybe you get one mandatory minicamp for a week or something like that. It's going to have to be something easily easily digestible that all eight teams can agree on and the players can agree on. And that is harder than people think it is, I think. No, it really it is. It, there's a lot of hurdles that they have to go through at this point and um... – from what I gather, at least from talking to people within the Players Association, they're not really focused on this whole minicamp thing is because there's so many factors and variables going on right now with teams reporting to Disney in terms yeah. of safety. And obviously the bombshell that's dropped right now uh, by Woj. Um, Adrian, if you're listening, please unblock me. At uh, I'm sorry for whatever I did. But um, <laughs> if it, Amazing. Evan somehow got blocked by Woj. Don't know how he did it. I don't know either. I just... One, one, one wrong quote tweet or something and got you in the penalty box. No, man. I don't know. Aggregators. Yeah, I, I'm a dirty aggregator. Oh, sorry, that's a, that's a windy thing. Love that's you. That's horse, yes. Yeah. But um, I feel like it's just the minicamp idea, I think, is definitely going to be a realistic thing because it really, I don't want to say isn't fair because I guess this is the problem with being a bad team is you don't get to have a Disney vacation. That's my joke of the day. Um, But at the same time, if you look at the Cavs, they're going to go almost nine months without really playing basketball. Maybe eight if you include like preseason and training camp in November. But yeah, these teams are bad for a reason. A lot of them are rebuilding teams or teams with a lot of young players on their roster. Like these are hugely beneficial. But I guess we just won't really have a concrete idea until things are underway in Orlando. As long as that thing doesn't completely fall apart. Because another concern Chris and I have is. It's such a bad look for the NBA if a player of like LeBron James or Giannis's caliber catches the coronavirus, and um, it just looks it just looks like bad optics overall, and it just sullies the whole entire experience. But yeah, it's just hugely beneficial for teams like Cleveland, like Atlanta, and especially Detroit as well, because Chris touched on them as well, because they're on the downswing. Like Golden State doesn't care, so maybe it's just the. Uh, selective seven if we want to call them that instead of the uh delete eight but i don't know it's just um it's a weird time i'm gonna be surprised if they do a summer league style where all of these eight teams or even even seven of them come together i won't be stunned i won't like fall over and fall out of my chair but I think that seems unlikely to me. That's just me guessing. But given everything that's going on, how many logistics there would be to bring them all to the one place, and the fact that it's not a priority pretty clearly right now with them trying to deal with Orlando first, I think the least likely scenario is them bringing everybody to one place. I'd be pretty, I'd be pretty surprised by that, honestly. 
Yeah, and I look at the I just look at the the teams too, and it's not exactly like there's not exactly like obvious regional pairings for all of these. Like the Cavs and Pistons are very close. Like that's a forty five what like Evan like a forty five minute hour drive between the two cities. Forty five um, minute hour, Chris. What how no, it's a I mean I'm giving you a hard time. It's like a f- five hour drive, I think. Oh, is it really? Okay, well it's close. It's, the, and it's the Hawks oh, the Hawks and Hornets are like Sorry. three and a half, four hours too. It's not okay. like it's down okay, the street, so, but yeah. Okay. Yeah. But it's like okay. See, if you, you're in Toledo, you get to Toledo, and then Toledo yeah. from Toledo, it's about an hour and a half, two hours to Detroit. Fair enough, fair enough. I'm an idiot. But like the Knicks, like you, the Knicks and the Bulls aren't close. Like the Warriors were the only team like really west of this grouping. Like every other team that isn't in the bubble is like Minnesota and East. So it's not exactly like logical pairings. And I think if I was a team, I would certainly want at least some. Like I, I, I don't know. I've never like talked enough to NFL people to know how effective they are. But, like, when the Browns will, like, go to Indianapolis and, like, practice with the Colts and, like, they do these inter-squad practices and they were going to do them with the Packers this year. I think there is something probably you gain from that. Uh-huh. Um, I, I, I don't th- know. I think you know, for sure. But at, at the same time, don't those happen, like, closer to the season where you're, where you're really ramping up towards the season? Sure. Yeah. Yeah. Because yeah. the value of that in the off season would be less to me. I don't know why that's – I don't know why I'm saying that, but I feel like in my brain – the value of playing as somebody else in July, if the season doesn't start till December, is a lot less than if it was like part of training camp. I don't know. See, yeah, that's where my question is: is like, when is this going to happen? Because it's, there's a benefit to doing this as soon as possible because you're not taking time away from these players who maybe need more time just practicing and working with the coaches. But at the same time, I've told this to Chris: the benefit, at least if you look at like Cleveland and Detroit. Um, it's a little awkward because Andre Drummond's played with everybody on both teams at this point, but um, you could swap him out as the center for both squads, make the scrimmages really interesting. <laughs> he can just stay on the offensive end the whole time. Probably wants to do that anyway. Yeah, just chucking threes and playmaking, baby. You know how it is. JB encouraged it in his uh, press conference the other day, so whatever. But um, the benefit is, at least, is you're not playing against the same guys. There's a little bit of variance. There's a little bit of difference. Maybe you get um, some guys who try to take this seriously. But I guess the other thing is, if you, I guess the other concern is if you pull the plays in July, like you said, um, I doubt players are really going to go 100% because they have to keep in the back of their mind, like, why would I face the risk of getting injured when the season doesn't resume play till late November, early December, and then... I could be at jeopardy to missing actual time when the games actually matter. So it's just a weird time. And yeah, like we've kind of just kind of circled around plenty of times at this point, these eight teams that were not invited to Disney are more or less just an afterthought right now. And then they'll worry about them once they get Orlando figured out. Yeah. Uh, the, I think the other thing that would be fun about a cast business thing though, is like Kevin and Kevin Love and Blake Griffin could just like hang out and talk about being like very expensively pay power forwards who like can't get traded anywhere. They can just bond over that for like a day or two. That would be a bonding um, experience for everyone. But, yeah, who, I mean, it, it can't... would you rather have? I think they all know... I don't know. I think I feel like, the, I feel like these teams deep down know they're not a priority, but they have to push like they are. And... Yeah. I mean, the, it's one of those things where it may, be, it may be more likely to get, like, approved in the same part of the negotiation because the whole thing that makes this even harder is that they have to negotiate... Everything's got to be negotiated right now, regardless. But especially this this offseason stuff for these non-bubble teams, none of this is outlined in the CBA at all. Like, yeah. at least with the playoffs, yeah, there's stuff to negotiate, but the playoffs are still the playoffs. The format's the same. Guys know they're, that they're, you know, play out, what the playoffs look like. 
all of this offseason activity is not touched in the CBA at all. So they're li- they're literally just have to ma- they, have, they have to make it up on the fly, and mm-hmm. you know there are probably layers to that that we don't understand because I'm not a labor attorney, but I feel like it's going to be a little bit harder even to do some of that stuff because it th- there's nothing in the CBA that outlines mandatory offseason activity. It doesn't exist anywhere. No. Yeah, uh, Brad. Let's let's finish on this last kind of thing that I think is uh, going to be of pertinence to both of our teams. Um, between the Cavs, the Hawks, and all, frankly, like all teams, this is going to affect them. I have have a fun question for you. We were talking about Blake Griffin and Kevin Love being the most overpaid. Brad, who would you rather have, Kevin Love or Blake Griffin at this point in their careers? Uh, I mean, the the question that I have to get answered to that would be, can Blake play basketball? Because that that's really the question. Like, if, if Blake is if Blake is healthy, which he probably is not, I would take Blake. But at least with Kevin Love, you assume he's going to be able to play. So so you're telling me we should hope that maybe there's a John Collins for Kevin Love swap somewhere down the line. That was uh, that's not going to happen, I don't think. But oh. <laughs> do you, Chris, I'm sure we'll, we'll remember this. Do you remember that there was like a stray rumor about Kevin Love to the Hawks before before the draft? Yep. Yeah. And no, it was it, like um, I laughed it out of the room immediately. I knew, I knew it was actually I knew it was ridiculous immediately, but it like got picked up by some people, and I was like, "That's not a thing. That's going to happen. I promise you." Um, I may have DM. We may have even had like a DM we about might have this. Talked you, about you, it. You, yeah. Yeah. You're if if our DMs, which no one should ever leak, ever get leaked, it's just that they're incredibly salty and sarcastic DMs. They're quite they're quite wonderful. Yeah, we just rant say. sometimes, but yeah, the, 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 I, uh, the, the, you can't have John Collins. I'm sorry. That's a well, a boy can dream. Kevin Love to the Hawks definitely was a rumor. I think Kevin to New Orleans was more of a thing on draft night, but that kind of lost legs pretty quickly because Cleveland overvalues all of their players. So that's most, just the most teams. Problem. Most teams do that um, in their. Defense. But it's uh, but um, the, the Cavs are a different kind of beast, much to Chris and I's frustration. <laughs> Weirdos. Skirt, skirt. Here I come with another ad read. Chain stores have different price years for professional mechanics and do-it-yourselfers. RockAuto.com's prices are the same for everybody and are reliably low. RockAuto.com always offers the lowest prices possible rather than changing prices based on what the market will bear like airlines do. RockAuto.com is for everybody and does not require membership or account login. RockAuto.com is a family business serving auto parts customers online for 20 years. Go to RockAuto.com to shop for auto and body parts from hundreds of manufacturers. They have everything from engine control modules and brake parts to tail lamps, motor oil, and even new carpet. Whether it's for your classic or daily driver, get everything you need in a few easy clicks delivered directly to your door. The RockAuto.com catalog is unique and remarkably easy to navigate. Quickly see all the parts available for your vehicle and choose the brand, specifications, and prices you prefer. Best of all, prices at rockauto.com are always reliably low and the same for professionals and do-it-yourselfers. Why spend up to twice as much for the same parts? So, go to rockauto.com right now and see what all the parts available for your car or truck. Write Locked On in their How Did You Hear About Us box so they know that we sent you. Amazing selection, reliably low prices, all the parts your car will ever need. rockauto.com Um... (laughs) So let's talk about the draft. I don't know what the draft looks like. The draft is purportedly 2013-esque, which is obviously should send chills up everyone's spine. What does a draft combine look like during a pandemic? What do interviews look like during a pandemic? What do the all-fabled workouts that teams will use to, like, get real excited about a guy? Um, Like, 
don't know if you guys heard the story about how the um how the the Pistons like fell in love with Darko and it's just like there's no like wait that's gonna happen now uh it was on the Chad one of the Chad Ford pods it's either on him or he's on Simmons but we're just in a very weird spot with the draft and I don't know I don't know I don't do not envy any GM front office coach brain trust that uh would have to figure out what to do in in approaching this draft i just it's going to be crazy and i don't really quite know how to like you can actually prepare for it in a way that makes coherent sense it's gonna be tough yeah (laughs) it's tough it's just gonna be tough i don't there's really like there's no guidebook to really anything i feel like they have a clause in the cba for quote unquote a pandemic but i do wonder if they 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 wrote that in thinking like "Ah, that's not really gonna happen and then here we are we don't know what to handle or what to do really across the board in society when it comes to a pandemic and draft included i think that you know this this draft being brutal before everything else this is a bad draft like frankly and i think everyone knows that and acknowledges it you throw that in you throw on you throw on top of that you know maybe there's some individual workouts before the draft but you have to assume no, that's something that Travis Schleck said recently on, on the record was like, you kind of have to assume that you're not going to be able to see these guys. And if you end up seeing them, that's that's sort of icing on the t- icing on the cake. But you have to kind of navigate this whole thing, assuming you're not going to be able to have these guys in your facility or do workouts or maybe even have a combine. So on the bright side, you would assume that means teams might lean more on tape, which is probably a good thing. But the big thing for me and the big thing that the Hawks have said and other teams have said is that the medical information is the, is the thing because if you don't have medicals, you know, fans don't always think about that stuff, but teams will Mm -hmm. be terrified to draft guys without, without medical information. And if they don't have that, uh, good luck to you because I don't know if what's going to happen there. Yeah, I do. There's that's, that's, that's definitely a big thing for sure to take into consideration. And, um, Hopefully there's a few teams out there that fall in love with some quality highlight tape and maybe just maybe a better player ends up falling to your respective squad. But Chris and I are all in on the Lamelo Ball experience, so it's all good. I'm I ready. have I'm him ready. number one on my board, if it makes you feel any better. Um, who's your Who's your favorite Hawks fit? This is a really bad draft for anyone. It's worse for the Hawks because I would yeah. say three three of my top five guys on my board – uh, in my you know NBA big board sense, are point guards or centers, hmm. both of which the Hawks don't want to draft. I don't think now they they still can. The Hawks still absolutely could draft Lamelo. They could draft Killian Hayes. They could draft Onyeka Kongwu. They're allowed to do that in part because Lamelo six seven, and you could conceivably play him with Trey Young. But I, I think for me anyway, he has to be downgraded a tad if you're the Hawks. Because he's not gonna, you know, he's a point guard at the end of the day, in my opinion. Yeah. So they can still take him, but the guy everybody wants here is Anthony Edwards, both because he's local and because he's not a point guard. But I'm not the biggest Anthony Edwards fan. I'll be honest with you. I think he would make a lot of sense for the Hawks if they draft him. I will not be surprised, nor will I criticize that. But uh, he's not a traditional for me anyway, a traditional top two pick in a draft. I think in a normal draft, he would not be in that discussion for me. So that kind of gives you the red flags along the way. But he, he, he's probably the guy I would still give you as my answer, ultimately, as for the Hawks fit. Because if it works out with him, he would compliment Trey Young really well. He's athletic. And he's, you know, positionally not something that the Hawks really have a whole lot of at the moment with that sort of guy who's able to create for himself, who's athletic on the wing, et cetera. So he makes the most sense. I just don't love him, frankly. 
yeah, I think that's how we, Chris and I both feel about this draft classes. There's not really a guy that we 100% are all, I mean, like the, LaMelo for sure, but that's drafting a third point guard three years in a row. And to quote friend of the podcast, Justin Rowan, Kevin Love's already had that done to him once in Minnesota. Why do you want to do that to him again in Cleveland? But I'm, I'm kind of um, rooting for it just, just to see what you guys do. Uh, and by you guys, I mean actually you guys, uh, the two of you. I, I want to I see how you navigate the world in which the entire internet descends again. Um, to say, I will, you, look at look at all the point oh, guards in Cleveland. Brad, Brad, you know what I will do with three point guards and the ball bump? I will cash my damn checks. That's what Me I will too. do. We'll be locked on ball family at this <laughs> locked point. Locked on ball podcast. I will do give me the BBB live reads. I don't even yeah. think like let me let's get Leant let's get uh who's the middle one? Leangelo. Let's Leangelo. get him on the Canton charge. Let's get him on the Canton charge. Let's go. I'm all in. Just mm-hmm. let's mm-hmm. go. I need I'm gonna need something in my life. I appreciate yeah. your enthusiasm. Uh I yeah. say this now, but like I'm gonna, the yeah. Cavs are gonna get number one and be like, okay, Obi Topin. Um, oh, we're gonna play boy. Drummond, Nance, Love, and and Topin together. Cool, cool, cool. Not cool. That sounds I mean, fun. yeah, no. I mean, hey, Larry Nance shared with us that the Cavs didn't know what they were doing when they played him at small forward, Kevin Love at power forward, and Tristan Thompson at center. So why not add a little bit more weirdness to the mix by drafting another big guy just to frustrate me to no end? Yeah, I feel like. The Hawks and the Cavs, at least in terms of teams in the top five, landing a top three pick could be a bad thing because there's a lot of just – there's some good with these players, but there's a lot of bad, and a lot of that bad doesn't match up very well in terms of what Cleveland and Atlanta at least is looking for. I mean, Golden State, if they end up this. there, they can just trade that pick and they're fine. Yeah, I I was going to say I would rather just like even if you don't love the draft, just pick one and like if you – at least you control it. You know what I mean? Like I would rather That's have true. control – and even if you make the wrong decision, at least you have control. Like, if you're just like, you know what, I don't love LaMelo as fit on my team. I don't love him. I don't want to deal with the balls. I think James Wiseman is, like, a disaster waiting to happen, whatever. I'll just take Denny Avdija and be fine. Like, it's a weird draft. Like, at least you control it, you know? I mean, if you end up at five and, like, the top five is, like, Edwards, Ball, Avdija, and Killian Hayes, and then it's, you're just like, well, what am I supposed to do now? Like, I don't need another big. I don't need... Obi Topin, like it just becomes a weirder circumstance. I'd rather just control it, frankly. Well, if that was the case, Chris, I'd just take Devin Vassell and not even think twice about it. Yeah, I, I don't know. It's one of those situations where the Hawks want to speed up a little bit, and it's just an Atlanta thing. Mm-hmm. But I, I think they should and maybe will at least look at the trade market regardless. And that kind of is a difference between the Hawks and some of these other teams that are rebuilding. The Hawks have now been rebuilding for three years. This is year They'll be going into year four of the rebuild, and they want to make the playoffs next year. And I think that might inform them. It doesn't necessarily have to, but if they land at like three or four and don't love their options, they might trade the pick for a player that can help them now. It wouldn't surprise me at all. Yeah. Brad, as we get out of here, any final thoughts on where we're at right now with the NBA, with where the Hawks are? Just any final kind of parting thoughts on what you're looking for as we kind of continue on here? Uh, just just some clarity I think would help us all, uh, including the teams and us people that cover the teams, on what's going to happen. I would love to know a date of when and if the Hawks will have a camp of some sort and when the Cavs are going to play. But other than that, uh, we're all just holding on for dear life here and trying to navigate what could be and looks like it's going to be now a nine-month hiatus between between games that matter. Because if they play, it's not going to matter in that sense, like the quote-unquote matter, that other games matter. So, uh, yeah, we'll see how this all goes. 
I'm a little bit afraid, but just give me the lottery, frankly. That's kind of my overarching yeah. opinion. Once the lottery yeah. arrives, we're home free, I feel like. I, yeah. I feel like the draft lottery would give me a little bit of a pulse, at least on what's going on with the Cavs, because I was complaining about this to Chris the other day. There's nothing to talk about right now. Well, that's <laughs> the thing. Just... Once the lottery gets here, you're now in a normal-ish offseason. <laughs> The problem yeah. is we're having to burn through five months of content before the lottery gets here. <laughs> yeah. No, I... Once I the lottery was... arrives, we're going to feel normal again. I promise. Uh, at, least in, at least in terms of the basketball cycle. As long as everything happens, because then you have lottery, you have like the normal break, the draft, free agency, and then you like have a pretty shortened window before training camp. Like It's going to move mm-hmm. a little bit when that once that gets here. Yeah, I think Evan and I have also talked about, like, you have a WNBA team in your backyard. We might just pick, like, the New York Liberty and, like, talk about them. I Honestly. wouldn't blame you whatsoever. The, the WNBA is fun. Sabrina Inescu is just, like, fun. You very know? good, and, very like, good at basketball. Yeah. Like, yeah, breaking news, she's great at basketball. And uh, we might just do that. Like, I just don't, like, know what else we're going to be doing. And I, I, I think the NBA, like, obviously wants to be this 365 league. This is, like... The, probably the biggest test of how that can withstand if the, if their schedule can like withstand a very significant bump. I mean, because this isn't going to go away anytime soon. And then you have like Travis Schling talking about how like they might just condense the season and then maybe go back to the old format. Like I don't know. Like I I think we're gonna have a weird like two three year run here before we kind of whatever that n- new reality or readjusted reality looks like. I think we're like two years away from that. I keep just having to remind myself that like this isn't going to be something that is like fixed come December it's like we're gonna this is going to be a process until this kind of normalizes and I think for all sports that's the case in all likelihood but I think people just probably gotta realize that yeah I'm with you yeah Yeah. I am as well well Brad just for the people listening on the lockdown cast feed um where, where just give everyone a plug where they can find you if they aren't already which they should be yeah, I am uh, the easiest place is at BT Roland on Twitter. I will post everything there. I am the editor in chief at Peachtree Hoops. I host this podcast. I do some stuff for Dime uh, on General NBA. I bounce around, but uh, Twitter at BT Roland if you want to find most of my uh, musings. Yeah, and if you're listening on the Lockdown Hawks feed, uh, I'm Chris Manning. I'm on Twitter at CWM Rights, uh, and you find my I run through the swords with Brad and I, are, and Evan as well. He's kind yeah. of my co got running through the sword with me. But Evan, give everyone a plug on where they can find you. Well, you can find me on Twitter, and you can see the ramblings of a madman. I am not Evan. I cover the cast for Forbes Sports uh, online sports section, and I yeah help Chris run the show at Fear the Sword, and we have a lot of fun stuff planned over there, and. Um, yeah, thanks for sticking with us, even when this is kind of definitely the dries to the dry spell for the Delete 8. Yes, yes, yes. Well, thanks, everyone, for listening. We'll talk to you soon. Stay safe, and um, hopefully sooner rather than later we'll have some more updates for you in regard to the Delete 8. Thanks again.